Welcome to the Sounds of Stories. Join us as we not only read the great authors of old, but we learn of the lives of the writers we love, as well as the people and events that inspired them. Come and let's learn about Richard Connell's murderous island. Let's journey into the prison of Anton Chekhov. Let's roam around Baker Street and find clues with Sherlock Holmes and his mentor, Auguste Dupont. Let's follow the sounds of stories. Good evening, and welcome to The Sounds of Stories. Tonight, we read an American classic short story. This timeless tale is as loved as it is short. I chose this treasured work of art because it was the first short story read by this humble reader. I first read this classic when I was 12 years old, during my arts and literature class in the seventh grade. But first, Alfonso J. Jennings, or Al to those who knew him, was born on November 25, 1863. And although not a lot can be found regarding Al's childhood, we know that later in life, Al practiced law with his brothers Ed and John Jennings in Woodward County, Oklahoma. But it was in 1896, though, during a visit to the Cabernet Saloon, he and his brothers had gotten into an argument with a man by the name of Temple Lee Houston. Temple was also an attorney in the area, and he always carried at his side a Colt revolver, which he named Old Betsy. The argument pursued between Temple and the Jennings brothers, and Temple shot and killed Ed as well as wounded John. Following the death of his brother, Al would start a group of desperados, five men in all. This group would come to be known as the Jennings Gang. This small group of outlaws would terrorize Oklahoma's trains and stores. In fact, they are known for the 1897 Wells Fargo train robbery where they attempted to break into a Wells Fargo safe on the train using dynamite. Fortunately, no one was killed, and unfortunately for our protagonist outlaws, no score was made, except for a few pickpocket stick-ups. But in the end, the Jennings gang was not caught. Al Jennings wouldn't always be so lucky, however, and it was in 1899 after three notorious train robberies, only one of them successful, as well as other pettier crimes, Al Jennings would be caught. He was sentenced to life in prison, but due to a technicality, he would have his sentence reduced to five years. Al would only serve three of those five years before receiving a full presidential pardon from at that time president Teddy Roosevelt. Two years after he was released from prison, Al Jennings' fame would start to rise in 1904 when a young author would write about his outlaw lifestyle in a book titled Holding Up a Train. But let's move on now to our story. William Sidney Porter 
was born on September 11, 1862, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Porter's mother would die when he was three. This caused his aunt to raise and tutor William until he was 15. Early on in Porter's life, his aunt had put within him an excitement for reading. This would be a key piece in the young man's life. In 1882, William Porter moved from North Carolina to Texas due to medical concerns. It was at this time that William would start to write part-time while working job-to-job. One of those jobs was working for First National Bank of Austin. Three years into that job, the bank ran an audit and found that William Porter was at least careless and misplaced the funds, or at worst, Porter himself embezzled the funds. Either way, William Sidney Porter was indicted. In fear of punishment, William fled the United States and headed to Honduras, a country with non-extradition laws. But after his family had sent word from the United States of his wife being bedridden from tuberculosis, Porter left Honduras and came to stand trial in the United States in order to be with her. But in order to come back to the United States, William was forced to stand trial. He was then sentenced to five years in prison. During this time, he wrote under the penned name, O. Henry. William Sidney Porter would write some of America's greatest short fiction stories, including The Ransom of Red Chief, The Cop and the Anthem, as well as our very short story tonight, After Twenty Years. But his best work by far was the iconic masterpiece, The Gift and the Magi, a story we will no doubt eventually dive into. But before the pen name O. Henry, during William Porter's stay in Honduras, he wrote a story about a friendship he had formed while in Honduras with a train-robbing outlaw titled Cabbages and Kings. If you guessed Porter's train-robbing friend was our aforementioned Al Jennings, you'd be right. And as stated earlier, it was Al Jennings' biography that O. Henry wrote that helped the fame of Jennings in the first place. And I'm sure we'll be discussing O. Henry's other writings real soon. But for now, let us get into tonight's story. Here is After Twenty Years. Written by O. Henry. The cop moved along the street, looking strong and important. This was the way he always moved. He was not thinking of how he looked. There were few people on the street to see him. It was only about ten at night, but it was cold, and there was a wind with a little rain in it. He stopped at doors as he walked along, trying each door to be sure that it was closed for the night. Now and then he turned and looked up and down the street. He was a fine-looking cop, watchful, guarding the peace. People in this part of the city went home early. Now and then you might see the lights of a shop or of a small restaurant 
but most of the doors belonged to business places that had been closed hours ago. Then the cop suddenly slowed his walk. Near the door of a darkened shop, a man was standing. As the cop walked toward him, the man spoke quickly. It's all right, officer, he said. I'm waiting for a friend. Twenty years ago, we agreed to meet here tonight. It sounds strange to you, doesn't it? I'll explain if you want to be sure that everything's all right. About twenty years ago, there was a restaurant where this shop stands. Big Joe Brady's restaurant. It was here until about five years ago, said the cop. The man near the door had a colorless square face with bright eyes and a little white mark near his right eye. He had a large jewel in his necktie. Twenty years ago tonight, said the man, I had dinner here with Jimmy Wells. He was my best friend and the best fellow in the world. He and I grew up together here in New York like two brothers. I was 18 and Jimmy was 20. The next morning I was to start for the West. I was going to find a job and make a great success. You couldn't have pulled Jimmy out of New York. He thought it was the only place on earth. We agreed that night that we would meet here again in 20 years. We thought that in 20 years we would know what kind of men we were and what future waited for us. It sounds interesting, said the cop. A long time between meetings, it seems to me. Have you heard from your friends since you went west? Yes, for a time we did write to each other, said the man. But after a year or two we stopped. The West is big. I moved around everywhere and I moved quickly. But I know that Jimmy will meet me here if he can. He was as true as any man in the world. He'll never forget. I came a thousand miles to stand here tonight. But I'll be glad about that if my old friend comes too. The waiting man took out a fine watch covered with small jewels. Three minutes before ten, he said. It was ten that night when we said goodbye here at the restaurant door. You were successful in the West, weren't you? Asked the cop. I surely was. I hope Jimmy has done half as well. He was a slow mover. I had to fight for my success. In New York, a man doesn't change much. In the West, you have to fight for what you get. The cop took a step or two. I'll go on my way, he said. I hope your friend comes all right. If he isn't here at ten, are you going to leave? I am not, said the other. I'll wait half an hour, at least. If Jimmy is alive on earth, he'll be here by that time. Good night, officer. Good night, said the cop, and walked away trying doors as he went. There was now a cold rain falling, and the wind was stronger. The few people walking along that street were hurrying, trying to keep warm. And at the door of the shop stood the man who had come a thousand miles to meet a friend. Such a meeting could not be certain, but he waited. About twenty minutes he waited, and then a tall man in a long coat came hurrying across the street. He went directly to the waiting man. Is that you, Bob? He asked doubtfully. 
Is that you, Jimmy Wells? cried the man at the door. The new man took the other man's hands in his. It's Bob! It surely is! I was certain I would find you here if you were still alive. Twenty years is a long time. The old restaurant is gone, Bob. I wish it were here so that we could have another dinner in it. Has the West been good to you? It gave me everything I asked for. You've changed, Jimmy. I never thought you were so tall. Oh, I grew a little after I was 20. Are you doing well in New York, Jimmy? Well enough. I work for the city. Come on, Bob. We'll go to a place I know and have a good long talk about old times. The two men started along the street arm in arm. The man from the West was beginning to tell the story of his life. The other, with his coat up to his ears, listened with interest. At the corner stood a shop bright with electric lights. When they came near, each turned to look at the other's face. The man from the West stopped suddenly and pulled his arm away. You're not Jimmy Wells, he said. Twenty years is a long time but not long enough to change the shape of a man's nose. It sometimes changes a good man into a bad one, said the tall man. You've been under arrest for ten minutes, Bob. Chicago cops thought you might be coming to New York. They told us to watch for you. Are you coming with me quietly? That's wise. But first, here is something I was asked to give you. You may read it here at the window. It's from a cop named Wells. The man from the West opened the little piece of paper. His hand began to shake a little as he read. Bob, I was at the place on time. I saw the face of the man wanted by the Chicago cops. I didn't want to arrest you myself, so I got another cop and sent him to do the job. Jimmy. We hope you've enjoyed our reading. Production done by the Sounds of Stories. Music done by Toon Tank in the Artist Music Area. For more readings, come to our channel, The Sounds of Stories. And if you like the stories you hear, subscribe to or follow the channel. And until next time, we here at The Sounds of Stories wish you a good story.